0: Well, tonight, the old Wheel of Fortune spins for the 1,077th time. So round and round she goes, and where she stops, nobody knows.
1: Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. And this week it really is me. I certainly hope you enjoyed last week's April Fool's show as my friend and host of the vintage music program The Shellac Stack, Brian Wright, and I swapped personas. We had a great time hosting each other's show, so to speak, and I hope you quickly got the joke and were able to enjoy the music without trying to figure out what the heck was going on. And in case you haven't heard it, you can hear me hosting Brian's show on his website, shellexstack.com. It's program number 219 but don't stop there as on the Rapidly Rotating Records website, all of Brian's previous shows are also available for listening online and or downloading for listening at your convenience This week we're back to normal with our usual unusual melange of dance bands hot bands, sweet bands show tunes, novelty tunes blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerki. Last week I said, or rather Brian said, that we would have some songs about April. As it turned out, there weren't any. But don't worry, everything's going to be all right, all right. And we'll definitely have at least one April tune this week. We'll also celebrate Marian Harris's birthday, have a vocabulary lesson, and I'll introduce you to Beatrice Harrison. In my day job as chief human resources officer, once in a while I deal with situations involving disgruntled employees, and all too often we see news reports of disgruntled people taking actions, sometimes violent, as a result of their disgruntledness. Disgruntled, of course, means angry, aggrieved, dissatisfied, or resentful, and first appeared in the language around 1830. But in all the decades I've been using the term disgruntled, I've never realized that disgruntled is the exact opposite of the perfectly good word gruntled, meaning in good humor, happy, satisfied, or contented. Well, what do you know about that? I know. Gruntled was first used in that sense around 1904. Whereas disgruntled sounds like you're annoyed or irritated, the word gruntled isn't particularly onomatopoeic or phonosthemic, which may be why it's not used much these days. What on
0: earth are you talking
1: about? To use gruntle as a transitive verb, in this first segment of the show we're going to gruntle you with some rapidly rotating records about gruntlement, beginning with Henry Bussey and his orchestra.
2: Happy, own oh, but I'm happy Didn't find a hidden treasure chest Or an nice oyster with a pearl To think that i feel the way that I feel Shucks on account of a pretty little girl Never won a raffle at the county fair I never had an uncle who's a millionaire In spite of it, I'm happy Oh, but I'm happy. Never hit a jackpot down the store. Never wanted a lot of But I'm as lucky as I can be. Cause that many little girls gonna marry me. But I'm happy.
1: Well, Little Jack Little is happy, I'm happy, is everybody happy. Little Jack Little and his orchestra recorded Ooh, But I'm Happy on March 19, 1937, issued on Vocalion 3498. It was written by Mac Gordon and Harry Revel and is heard in the 1937 20th Century Fox picture Wake Up and Live, sung by Alice Faye. The movie is a satire of radio and centers around the supposed feud between Ben Burney and journalist Walter Winchell. Jack Little may be happy, but the Ponce sisters were merely contented on December 16, 1932. The Ponce sisters, Ethel and Dorothea, which was my mother's name, by the way, may have been contented, but the folks at Columbia weren't. Even though the sisters were backed by Jimmy Dorsey, Joe Venuti, and Eddie Lang, the take was rejected and not issued until decades later on a Granny Phone label LP. Contented was composed by Don Bester, who also recorded it, with the lyric by Roy Turk. Jack Little was happy, the Pont sisters were contented, and starting us off, Henry Bussey and his orchestra were satisfied on August 14, 1929. Irving Caesar and Cliff Friend wrote Satisfied, issued on Victor 22116. They're slighted on the label, which says simply vocal refrain by male trio. But the vocalists are Richard Berry, Tony Mastroni. Do you suppose when he was in grade school, Tony Mastroni's friends teased him with Tony (laughs) Minastroni? Well, and someone with the last name of Stacy. Jess Stacy? Nah. Jack Stacy? I don't think so. I guess we'll never know. Sorry, Mr. Stacy. I'm definitely Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. This very day, April 4th, marks the birth in 1896 in Indiana of Mary Ellen Harrison. Doesn't ring a bell? You may know her better as singer Marian Harris. She had a very successful career, but her personal life was tumultuous, and ended tragically on April 23, 1944, so we'll mention some facts about her professional life and get on to something more pleasant, a few of her more than 130 recordings, specifically three of her late electrical recordings. Marion's career began in the 1910s, singing in motion picture and vaudeville theaters in Chicago. She was discovered by dancer Vernon Castle and relocated to New York. Her recording career began in 1916 with the Victor Talking Machine Company, but when they wouldn't allow her to record W.C. Handy's St. Louis Blues in 1920, she left for Columbia, where she recorded it on April 16th. After a couple of years, she moved to the Brunswick label, where she recorded it again with Benny Kruger, and remained until 1930. Between 1931 and 1933, Harris was heard on NBC radio, billed as the little girl with the big voice. Appearing on shows including Rudy Valley's Fleischman Yeast Hour. She also appeared on the big screen in the 1929 feature film Devil May Care with Ramon Navarro, and singing two songs in an MGM movie-tone short titled Songbird of Jazz. Marion Harris rests in the Actors Fund section of Kensico Cemetery in Valhalla, New York. Here are three from Marion Harris. <music>
3: Been thrilled by the moonlight, the stars up in the sky, I've romanced on a June night. I never pass things by now I realize what I've been missing in this lover's paradise of bliss, and even though I've had my share of kissing. I've never felt like this Ooh, honey, what you do to me Every time you coo to me It's ooh, so nice Ooh, honey, when you dance with me And you make romance with me It's ooh, so nice Something in this heart of me You kiss so delicious And when you love me Ooh, honey, what you do to me This is something new to me But ooh, so nice Ooh, that kiss Makes the world go wiggly While the stars are jiggling all around the moon Ooh, that kiss makes you dream of fairies Then you hear canaries sing your favorite tune You thrill something in this heart of me You kiss so delicious and when you love me to do to me This is something new to me but ooh something... is it me and you darling i can't realize it yet only seven days ago we met just to think that only monday we were strangers and on tuesday i was crazy over you what a thrill you held me in your arms on wednesday So by Thursday I decided what to do. I was nervous when you popped the question Friday. But on Saturday your plans made it quite clear to be ready for a honeymoon on Sunday. And only i Life is so difficult, we mortals so weak. And here's the story the following week. When I found that hair upon your shoulder Monday, and on Tuesday you told me twas from your horse, <laughs> I received your girlfriend's note to you on Wednesday. So by Thursday I suspected you, of course You apologized and sent me orchids Friday But the horse phoned you on Saturday, my dear So I gave you the air and left on Sunday got plenty and more When I started reminiscing There's lots I'm thankful for Wasn't it nice canoeing out on the silvery lake Wasn't it nice for wooing Just a perfect break Wasn't it just yelling. Ain't this paradise? Oh, that's when we tipped and.
1: Wasn't That Nice? Wasn't It Nice? Composed by Seymour Simons with the lyric by Joe Young. Sung by Marion Harris on Brunswick 4806. Recorded May 14th, 1930. Before that, a couple of Marion's recordings made in London. We started with Ooh, 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 honey, what you do to me. Written by Neil Moret, Cliff Friend, and Harry Tobias. That's from Decca F-3954, March 29th, 1934. And it was followed by Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Harris gets composer credit on the label of Decca F-5160. I presume that's Marion Harris. And it's not to be confused with the 1949 Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, written by Ross Parker. Harris also gets composer credit for the tune on the flip side, Singin' the Blues. Not to be confused with the earlier Singin' the Blues, written by Con Conrad, J. Russell Robinson, and Frank Trumbauer. One of my dad's favorite radio programs was Major Bose Amateur Hour, which debuted on New York radio station WHN on April 1, 1934. It was created by Edward Bose, who insisted on being addressed as Major, but may or may not have been an actual active-duty major in World War I. He hosted the show right up until his death on June 13, 1946, and the show continued until 1952, hosted by Ted Mack, who had joined the staff in 1935. Major Bose Amateur Hour was a weekly one-hour talent show on which Major Bose would chat with contestants and listen to their performances. Components of the show included the Wheel of Fortune, sometimes used to select contestants. Upon spinning the wheel, Bose would utter his catchphrase, "'Round and round she goes, and where she stops, nobody knows.'" And although it was abandoned in 1936, there was the gong, which the major would strike if he deemed an act too terrible to continue. At its height, over 10,000 people a week applied to be on the program. We could spend the entire hour and then some talking about Major Bow's amateur hour and its positive and negative impacts on the country, but to give you an idea of just how popular it was, Joe Hames and his orchestra recorded a song about it. Major Bose had a particular speech mannerism which is pointed out in the song titled All Right, All Right, All Right, which starts off this segment of rapidly rotating records which are all right.
0: All right, all right. All right, all right.
2: radio, I listened to a certain show, here's all the fellows seem to know, all right, all right, all right, it was a major, don't you know, and when somebody stopped the show, you'd hear the major whisper low, all right, all right, all right, you can't help but hear it morning, noon and night. Let me hear you cheer it. All right, all right, all right. My couple's getting wet today. When asked to honor and obey, don't say I do. They always say all right, all right, all right.
0: All right, all right. And now, folks, we have little Daisy May here with us tonight from Dogpatch, Tennessee. Now, Daisy May, come right up to the microphone and tell the folks what you can do. I'm a
3: guest singer all
0: right, all right, let me hear you scat.
3: Beep, beep, boop,
4: boop, be-doo. Yeah, man, old boy, solid, too.
3: All right,
0: all right. And now we have a young man. Say, just what is your name?
4: My name is Ezekiel
2: Q. Swivelhead, Jr.
0: And where do you hail from? I uh, hails
2: from Skunk Hollow, Major.
0: And what do you do? Why,
2: I'm a comedian.
0: All right, get funny.
2: Well, they laughed, they smiled when I sat down to play. Why, The they wasn't there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And here are the three pots, a hillbilly trio. Where do you come from?
2: I'm from Potts Town.
0: And where are you from? I'm from Pottsville. And where are you from? Why, well, I'm from Chambersburg. How uncanny. <laughs> well, go ahead and sing. One, two, three. She'll be coming round about it when she comes. All right, all right.
2: There, Major, I think the folks out here would like to know what particular talents you
0: have. Well, hand me down my trumpet and I'll try to show you. Here it is, sir. So I push the first valve down. All right, all right. Well, let's close up the show now. you all next Sunday night. All right. Good night.
5: Well, all right then. Well, all right then. Overnight. The cost up living high, we know. The more it costs, the more we owe. Everything's gonna be all.
1: Cymbal crashes, provided by Carlton Kuhn on drums, start and end that March 9, 1926 recording of Everything's Gonna Be All Right, written by Benny Davis and Harry Axt, the same pair who brought us Babyface. Joe Sanders, the other half of the coon sanders Orchestra, was the vocalist. Prior to that, Jimmy Lunsford and his orchestra, May 17, 1939, from Vocalion 4887. Oh, Fats, what was the name of that song?
5: Well, all right,
1: then. What was that title again?
4: Well, all right, then.
1: Well, all right, then. Joe Hames and his orchestra got things started having a little fun at Major Beau's expense on All Right, All Right, All Right. Skeeter Palmer and Cliff Weston were credited with vocal, but I don't know which of them was the voice of the major. All Right Cubed was composed by Rudy Valley, who also wrote the words... With a little help from Dave Franklin, who also got lyricist credit. Perfect 6 06 12 will be having a birthday in three days. It was recorded April 7th, 1936. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We are here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all of our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all online, at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com, and we're on all the major podcast directories. A few weeks ago, thanks to listener Cleon in Upland, I became aware of Beatrice Harrison and a recording she made in 1927. Beatrice Harrison was born in 1892 in Roar Key in northern India, where her father was principal of St. Thomas's College of Sappers and Miners, a sapper being a British soldier who does jobs such as building bridges, repairing roads, and laying and clearing landmines. The family returned to Chatham, England shortly after Beatrice was born, and at the urging of their mother, a singer who had attended the Royal College of Music, Beatrice and her older sister, May, and younger sisters, Monica and Margaret, all musically talented, were raised in an atmosphere oriented very much toward musical performance. While a very young child, upon hearing the cello played in a concert, Beatrice unceasingly insisted she wanted to play the instrument. Wisely, her parents prepared her with violin lessons, but when she was eight years old, she was given her first full-size cello. She entered the Royal College of Music in 1903 and made her debut at Queen's Hall at just 15 years of age, playing Saint-Saëns' cello concerto. At age 17, she became the youngest player and first cellist to win Germany's Mendelssohn Prize. Unable to play in Europe during World War I, she made several tours of the U.S., the last in 1935, playing with the Chicago, Boston, and other symphonies at venues including Carnegie Hall and the White House. Beatrice Harrison was closely associated with Sir Edward Elgar and Frederick Delius, and worked with other composers of her time, including Zoltan Koday, Sir Arnold Bax, Cyril Scott, and others. She continued touring and giving concerts until 1958, when she retired and lived quietly with sisters Margaret and Monica, until her death on March 10th, 1965. This first record features a cello solo by Beatrice Harrison of Antonin Dvorak's 1880 composition Songs My Mother Taught Me. The recording is unique because of her accompanist, and I'm going to suggest that you take a deep breath, exhale slowly, relax, close your eyes, and listen. From 1922 to 1936, the Harrison sisters lived in a large house called Foyle Riding on an estate near Oxted in Surrey, England, so immense it took six full-time gardeners to maintain the grounds. On summer evenings, Beatrice would often play her cello in the garden, and when she first noticed that the nightingales were responding to her playing, she got the idea of broadcasting the duets to the world. She persuaded a hesitant BBC to send a team to the garden and record The Nightingale, which they did on May 19, 1924. Beatrice played for nearly three hours before The Bird began singing at 11.45, and broadcasting and musical history was made. The broadcasts became a regular late-night feature on the BBC until 1942. There were a total of three commercial recordings made by HMV of Beatrice Harrison in her garden, accompanied by nightingales, the others, the traditional Londonderry air, and Shant Hindu by Rimsky-Korsakov. Of course, Beatrice and sisters May and Margaret made many more traditional recordings, and here are just two. Fritz Kreisler's tune, Viennese Melody, one of many Kreisler pieces in cellist Beatrice Harrison's repertoire, and which shows off her extraordinary skill and talent. She was accompanied on the Pianofort, as on many of her recordings, by Sister Margaret. That's from HMV C-1647, recorded in 1930. Violinist and composer Fritz Kreisler was a close family friend of the Harrison sisters, and May and Margaret modeled their violin style after his. Frederick Delius was also a close personal friend of the Harrison sisters, And we started with the first of his two pieces for cello and small orchestra, Caprice, the other being Elegy. That was recorded in the summer of 1930 and written by Delius specifically for Beatrice Harrison for use during an American tour. HMV B-3721 was also recorded in 1930. The small orchestra was conducted by Delius's amanuensis Eric Fenby, who also wrote the arrangement. Yeah, that was a new word for me, too. An amanuensis is a literary or artistic assistant, specifically one who takes dictation or copies manuscripts. And I'd like to thank David Candlin, chairman of the Harrison Sisters Trust, for his help with this segment. And I urge you to visit the website, harrisonsisterstrust.org.uk, where you can read detailed biographies, see photographs, and purchase recordings and other items. That's harrisonsisterstrust.org.uk. This being the first show in April, here are a couple of rapidly rotating records about April, beginning with a song title which pretty well describes Brian Wright and me on last week's shows.
5: fell in love because of a moon We lost our heads a little too soon One April night we thought it was June A couple of April fools We never knew we kindled a flame It had to die The moment it came Say it was fate For how could you blame A couple of April fools Two broken hearts in need of mending No happy ending It's hard explaining Never to find the summer flowers because April showers just kept on raining Summer will come and lovers will sigh When you're alone it's hard not to cry Standing aside while love passes by A couple of April's fools.
1: started this April segment with Billy Cotton and his band with the vocal by Ellen Breeze and apparently a review of the shellac stack and rapidly rotating records shows of last week, A Couple of April Fools. A Couple of April Fools was written by Jimmy Kennedy and Michael Carr, and that Regal Zonophone 78, number MR-2044, was waxed on February 22, 1936. That was followed by Ramon Newton, backed by the Savoy Orpheans on April Blossoms from b 5010 recorded February 11th, 1926. April Blossoms was written by Herbert Stothert and Vincent Humans. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I... Thank you for your very kind attention.